Yo, what is up, everybody? Uh, on today's episode of the Satsung Podcast, we have my dear brother, Trevor Hall. Um, Trev is a special guy, man. He is uh, hugely devoted to his spiritual path. Um, and he just he holds a real special place in my heart because he's just real sweet and genuine. Um, and his music really reflects that. Um, but aside from his music and even the way he lives, he's just always really been there for me. It's a real, it's a hard thing as busy, busy as we all are when we're touring and doing our, doing our things. It's kind of hard to, to hold space for people all the time. And Trev has just always really been there and held space for me. And, uh, and I just, I got a lot of love for him. This conversation was really cool because we cover a lot of uh, spirituality and we talk a lot about kind of the spiritual take on this whole covid thing um and yeah trev is just one of my favorite people in the world um so without further ado welcome to the satsung podcast episode two and here is trevor hall trevor hall thank you so much for being with us dude how are you i'm good man good to see your beautiful face likewise man it's been forever (laughs) This this is how we hang out now yeah man How's it been for you, dude? Obviously, first off, that's what I'm asking everyone, dude. How has this thing been for you? Um, it's, you know, it's been, it's been mixed, you know, like anything. I mean, I think it's been good in a lot of ways, just in the sense of being able to be in a kind of regular schedule, you know, um, and just like stop you know really stop on like so many different levels you know and and letting kind of everything catch up um and like simple things just taking rest cooking your own food you know all those things but then as you're you know kind of uh in this space of rest and um yeah i guess a rhythm you know at home you 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 at least for me, I start to think about all, you know, what's really going on, you know, and I think about all the people, especially, in, you know, even our industry people that we know and, and that are really going through it right now. And, you know, just people that, that live check to check that are just kind of freaking out and, you know, having loved ones that have the disease, you know, so it's it's just kind of so many different emotions, you know, wrapped into one. But um, just taking, really, just taking it day by day, and not trying to think too far, you know, ahead. And oh, when when are we going to get out of this? Or what's this all mean? Or what's you know all this stuff? I'm trying. I just try to go day by day, moment by moment, you know. But um, for me personally, it's been it's been uh, really healing to stop so intensely and to kind of feel the collective stop so intensely um that's been a an uh interesting uh feeling you know because we never do it <laughs> so yeah, yeah I think, you know the first week of the reality of like after we had to move those two tours right I really struggled with accepting it because I had just taken four months off. Like I take the winter off. Right. So to come off of that time off and then be like, 
wait, what? I don't get to go play music with my friends again until when? It's already been four months. Right. You know, and right, right. to come off of that chunk of time off that we had, the only show that we played was we played at the Bluebird, which sold out in advance. And then we crushed Arizona right. Roots. So we're all just on this like, we're going into 2020 swinging, man. Like, you know. Yeah, super high. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets shut yeah. up. And so, yeah, there was like a week for me where I feel like I was really fighting it and just like yeah. frustrated and like, well, what the fuck, man? What are we supposed to do? Yeah. And then finally I've just kind of settled into uh, the hardest thing in the world for me and my personality type, which is just letting go and just being like, well, this isn't, it's not my call, man. So I just kinda, yeah. <laughs> gotta yeah. let it go. Um, and I've seen a lot of positivity come from that you know, of like recentering with the family and just being like, okay, cool. Well, I get to spend all this really precious time with this baby who's only going to be a baby once. So I'll soak that up. Right, right, right. You know, and yeah, yeah. trying to focus, focus on the positives, but it's just, you know, uh, seems like every week more and more stuff gets pulled off the books and just like, okay, you know, right. at this point, I'm not even reacting. I'm just like, all right, man, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I can, I, I feel that like if you were, you know, if you were resting for four months, I mean, for me, I had like just gotten done like recording a whole album and I was sure. exhausted, you know, and I like flew back home uh, and like had like maybe like two weeks before we were supposed to leave on like this huge tour and like Red Rocks and everything. And I was like, oh shit, man, I don't know. I'm like, I mean, I can do it, but I really just want to chill right now. You know, I was like so so like just had put everything you know all of my energy emotional energy creative energy into a new project so when our tour got pushed back you know postponed like when I got the news I was it was interesting because of course I was bummed because we had you know so that weeks out of a dude yeah 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 right you know and, and two weeks out of a tour you know you're there's a lot of planning that's gone into it. A lot of money has already been spent and, um, you know, but there was also the side of me too. That was just like my whole body and mind just kind of exhaled. And, but I can understand if you were off for like four months and you get, you know, I I feel you, man. I feel you. I get in the itch, you know? Yeah. And the one thing that I've really got from it too is like, and just talking with my guys is I think it's easy when you tour as much as we do, which is, you know, over half the year is spent traveling right you get to a place with it where you're like that 90 to 120 minutes on stage is magic right other 22 hours of the day start to get like okay where the fuck are we and okay cool yeah 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 kind of monotonous thing and i don't think we'll ever take it for granted again yeah i know yeah yeah now that you've gone through i feel you i feel you yeah i just uh really excited to get back um do you have any sort of like rituals that you do every day that that kind of like keep you in your, you know, your happy place? Am, am I highest self? High, yeah, that keeps. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, it's interesting because this time has been really good for that. You know, obviously, you know, when we're on the road like that, it's harder to. We have different rituals, you know, because we it's suited to our environment and I think as artists and as travelers you know we have to kind of have this um 
skill of adapting to wherever we are and whoever we're with, you know, or else it wouldn't work, you know? So, um, you know, when I'm out on the road, it's a different thing, but when I'm home, um, you know, it really allows me to, yeah, go deep into my, my practice, my meditation and those things that I don't necessarily get to do when I'm running out and about, you know? And it was kind of interesting, like when this quarantine kind of was starting to take shape and like really like happen, um, it was kind of a auspicious time within Indian philosophy, if you'd say about worshiping the goddess, you know, it's called Navratri. There's one in the spring, nine nights, right? One in the spring and one in the fall. And the fall is like the, the famous one, whatever. But um, so it kind of just started, you know, like right when we were going into quarantine. So that kind of like kicked me into this, hey, like sit down, like, you know, do your practice. And um, it was really nice for me to just kind of like, okay, I, now I have the time. I want to dive in here, you know. And it's good to dive in amidst all the chaos and all this stuff to really go in. But I think that's been one of, honestly, if, 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 if it's weird to say like highlights, you know, of, of yeah, isolation. Yeah. But, but I think that has been one of the highlights for me is just being home and every morning waking up early and getting my, you know, time in, um, spending like, you know, like you said, with your family, just quality time with my wife. And um, we got a new puppy. So we've been, you know, busy with, yeah, yeah, busy with that. But um, yeah, it's just, it mainly consists of, you know, trying to wake up early and just get a good, a good sit-in, you know, before the day starts. Um, you know, one of my teachers in India said, you know, when in the morning when you, you know, you wake up and you light a stick of incense in the room, you know, the whole day the room will smell like that scent, right? So when you wake up first thing and you light the scent, the divine scent within yourself, whole day, whatever you do, wherever you go, that that uh, aroma will stay, you know. I like so that. that's like. Yeah, it's important. So it's it's just been good to like consistently put in that work because you know when we're on the road on the bus, it's not the same thing like that. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's that's definitely been one of my um, things I've really been have tried to put time into is just my own practice and stuff. You know. How did you? You know, I know the early story of of you being in music school and and like kind of getting into yeah. Hindu philosophy and stuff like that. Um, yeah how did that become so incorporated in you because i think what's really interesting is uh how do i say this you're like the most normal super spiritual dude that i know (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean it's like super super uh dedicated and devoted to your practice and it really is who you are but you're also just a really awesome hilarious hang Right, right. <laughs> typically don't exist. Like most people that I know that are like deep on that path. Right. Deep on that path and are just like right, right. Else is really present, you know, and you do a really right, good right. job. Um not only like I said, yeah, being like a really cool hang and, and kind of a normal guy with that spiritual practice, but I've seen it, you know, because we've toured together and played countless right. shows together. But when I see it expressed in your art, there's it's so 
present and authentic and like it's just real like there's mm. a thickness to it like thanks man yeah like i remember when we played uh in thanksgiving on boulder i remember you were, i forget the name of the song but tell me what just happened up there i remember watching oh yeah yeah and i just was like like i could yeah. feel heaviness happening dude i could like feel you in like yeah it was, i remember like, that i i, I got shocked back into that zone because i hadn't played that song for so long and then it kind of snuck up on me and i was like oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it was, it, you could feel it too it's so thick um yeah that was a lot to unpack but yeah how did you just get so in how did you become so engulfed in in hindu philosophy and practice man i don't know it's just it it just um you know i grew up in a small town in south carolina you know like a tourist like polo shirt golf and tennis and you know I, I just don't it's just wild how it all kind of transpired you know when I look back on it I'm like holy shit you know but um the main thing was when I went to high school I went to a boarding uh, art school in, in California and when I was there I um I had a really good friend a best friend of mine named Sam Marcus who long story short had a picture of an Indian you know, mystic on his wall, a saint on his wall. And I saw the picture and just boom, just my whole river changed course at that moment, you know, and I just fell in love with this being. And, um, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, you want to know everything about them. You want to love everything they love, you know, in a way. Right. So because he was from India, you know, I wanted to know everything about India and I wanted to love, love India, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how it, it it grew and then it just that that from that moment it just all these instances you know happened in my life you know not by choice just by meeting or you know just situation and I've just found myself surrounded with um either people or uh environments or or communities that that um were kind of on that path you know it just kind of just kind of happened you know yeah and yeah and then I you know what 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 really kind of like actually really solidified it is what I remember when I graduated from high school you know I'm a senior like 18 years old whatever I signed this big record deal you know with Geffen Records and I got a shitload of money and I moved to LA you know and get this fancy like nice apartment right on the beach you know and it's like, yeah, you know, like, this is the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just, I was so fucking depressed, man. I mean, I had no friends, right? Because I moved to the city. I'm 18 years old. I'm not in a community or anything. You know, it's a boarding school, so everybody just disperses, right? I had no friends. Um, I didn't know how to, like, cook for myself. You know, I'm 18 years old. I never, nobody showed me how, like, so I'm like, you know, going to the same restaurant every day, you know. Um, and this time that, like, was, I think, supposed to be this, like, you've made it successful time was really, like, super, super hard for me. And I remember um, that summer, the first summer after graduating, one of my teachers who was a big inspiration was also kind of on this path, Indian you know philosophy path whatever um he said oh you should come down to this kali temple in laguna beach 
they're having a big festival down there. And so I went down there with him and, and uh, was just totally enthralled, you know, with the community and the love and the connection and all these things that I was so hungry for in my life and missing in my life at such a young age. I just, <gasps> you know, so um, I, that when I went back to LA, you know, it's only like an hour drive down yeah. to Laguna. I, I would drive down there all the time, you know, to the temple. And uh, the the main Swami there would, would cook for me every time I came down. So I really was going down there because I wanted a home-cooked meal, oh, you man. know. And he cooked with so much love. And, and um, it was just, that's what really kind of sucked me in and drew me in was that love and connection and then eventually you know I I moved down there and then eventually moved in and the whole rest is kind of you know like that but you know we have these instances in our life that we have no control over you know and mm -hmm. some people believe in destiny some people don't believe in destiny but whatever it may be you know god spirit love i don't know but there, it's, you know, we have these instances in our life that completely, you know, they change our course, you know, and we're thrown into this um, on a path or that, that it's, we don't necessarily have a choice, you know, and I don't mean that not having a choice in a negative way. It's just how it flows, you know, and you just are there, you know, and um that's just kind of what happened. I didn't have any, like, I knew nothing about yeah. India or all this stuff. I was like, whatever. And that's just how it happened. That's beautiful. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, when you talk about being 18 and, you know, and having everything happen again, I think it's funny, you know, the big, I feel like the biggest thing that I've gotten from my story thus far of like why I am where I am is because I've always kind of told myself like, okay, if this is when most people would quit. If I don't quit now, I'll probably make it, you know, I'll probably be okay. Right. And I right. remember, you know, spending, like, I remember calling you, you've just always been really available for me and it's been super, mm. super huge. Um, oh, good and, and before, before we even toured with you, I remember calling you and being like, dude, I've been touring for two years, man. We're doing like over a hundred shows. Nobody's coming to these fucking shows. Right. What do I do? Like, and you're, just, you know, and you're just like you just got to keep grinding man you know yeah uh, and then i you know i kind of have this narrative of like man well if i could get on some tours with some bigger artists that would change my life you know if i could get in front of these crowds right um so in my mind that was like how you made it was like you know right, I, will, right. I will work hard enough that if i get in front of these crowds i'll be able to bear fruit from it so we right. had one summer where we did two tours with you and two tours with Franti back and forth. We right. get the Franti tour and then drive a thousand miles to come meet you and do 15 right. and then go back. <laughs> and it, Oh, that's that year almost fucking killed me, you know? Yeah. And I just yeah. remember, like, I remember when we played in LA together, I remember being in the bathroom and like crying and was like, I thought this would be different, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm losing money. I'm like, yeah, I'm bleeding, you know, and then the van broke and it's just like one thing after the other. And I always just came back to that, um, that thing of like, it kind of beat me down and made me get in touch with my spirituality because it's like, mm. oh, well, life is never going to look mm. how we want it to look. And even if yeah. it looks like we thought we wanted it to look, it's right. still not going to feel the way we wanted it to feel, you know? Mm. Um, 
And I've always been really drawn, you know, I spent time in Nepal and there was mm -hmm. something that happened there because I went there as an outdoorsman and a climber, not as like a mm -hmm. spiritual seeker. That was not my intention. Right. In Nepal. And we went to Pashapurana and I remember sitting there at the river that day where all of these bodies were cremating. Yeah, yeah. I know some, it well. Yeah, and something just like, it, a, it became very clear to me that I wasn't just there to climb. Right. And there was this weird sense of like familiarity and home. And I spent right. so much time just going to temples by myself. Um, and I remember I texted you when I was in Malibu at the temple and I had just had such a chaotic summer and I, dude, I walked 108 laps around this fucking temple that day. Yeah. yeah. And there's just this familiarity of that vibe where I feel safe. I feel like I'm not an actual human participating in this human life that I'm just like right. a spiritual being that's using this meat, <laughs> this meat right. to move around, you know? Um, tell me about the first time you went to India and like how old you were and what, uh, yeah. Tell me, just tell me about how, you, when you, first time you went to India. Well, well, it was, it was, it was through that temple that I, that I was going to cause they go every year, mm -hmm. you know? And um, so it was 2007. It was New Year's Day. I remember it was New Year's Day. We 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 uh, flew left that that day, and uh, I went with two monks from that temple, and then my teacher from the school, from the high school. And um, you know they they were so familiar with India, so I was in really great hands and didn't have to worry about much you know i think if i went alone for the first time i probably would have honestly totally freaked out and yeah. turned around you know yeah um but um it was wild man i remember flying in and we flew in at night into delhi and um you know you couldn't see a lot of the you couldn't see any uh land because it was all the 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 smog really the you know the dust and you can only see the lights you know glowing under the clouds or, or whatever and uh, we landed and the first thing I noticed was um, the smell just hit me so hard I was just like whoa I've never smelled anything like this and um, and to this day that smell like if I smell that smell I mean my whole heart just melts because it, it represents yeah Everything. you know smell can trigger that memory but anyway I remember getting out of the plane and uh, we we got our bags and like when we came out the doors you know and it's like one in the morning there you know but we see all the people I mean I, I kind of I freaked out a little bit I was like oh shit I, I think I want to get back on the plane <laughs> let's go back to you know yep. it was just like so overwhelming you know but there was this feeling of just like, um, and I think that's why I, I love going back there still to this day. There was this feeling of just like this other thing moving you, you know, there's this feeling of this other thing moving you and moving everything else. And you just kind of felt like you're, you're in this, I don't know. It's really hard to describe, you know? Yeah. Um, I know but I remember we we got yeah we got in the cab and we drove to uh we drove to the temp the place that we were staying the ashram we were staying that night and it's always interesting like even like you know in my travels today like when we're on tour or like whatever you know and we like 
fly to a place that we've never been to and you arrive at night. I yeah. really love that because it's like, where am I? I don't know anything, you know? And then you like go to sleep and then you wake up and you're like the sun and you're like, Oh my God. So that's kind of what happened there. It's like, I didn't get to see anything at night, you know, and then went to bed and, you know, woke up that morning and was just like, Oh my God, like, this is wild, you know? But, um, yeah, I mean, that was everything. I mean, that trip, how long were you there? Changed, that trip? I was there for three weeks. I remember because I couldn't, I had to leave all of them. I left by myself because I had to get home because I remember I had to go on tour with the Whalers. <laughs> In Colorado, actually, I had to, so I like flew back and I had like a week at home and then I like went on tour with the Whalers and I was like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> you know? Dude. So it was interesting, but um, it, you know, it just changed me forever. I mean, I was deaf, I was hooked hard by then. I was like, I just want to go back and back and back. Yeah, and, I, you still, know, I, went, I still haven't made it back to Nepal. Yeah. And it was like, I went on April Fool's Day, I remember. And it was April Fool's oh, Day when I left. That's, when I got that's good. Yeah. That's good. And we got what, what, what year was it? It would have been, what year is it now? 2020? It would have been 2013. Okay. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and uh and yeah we got there during the day but i didn't really sleep on the plane from south korea right so we got up and i went with my buddy pete who's a uh -huh. guide and he does six groups a year uh, uh but he had approached me i had just done this survey job and made my first real chunk of money that i had ever made in my uh -huh. life and i knew i wanted to go to nepal for some reason that place just called and pete was like well you know i don't have a group until may if you want to go the beginning of april dude we can just go yeah i like as buds yeah yeah but you know i got off the plane with him and same thing yeah that smell hits you it's hot yeah and like he has been going for 20 years so he's just tasha delay namaste blah 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 you know? yeah 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 the whole thing improved, giving everyone hugs and shit and i'm in the, yeah, in yeah. the back of the cab going through Tom L like oh shit you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right, right crossing the road you know and it was just like yeah. I am on the other side of the planet Earth right now. I oh, yeah, dude. I remember, home. like, I remember, you know, when you're on the plane and you, like, can look in, on your TV and, like, see, like, where the plane is in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, yo, there's no turning back right nope. now, bro. I'm dude, literally on. <laughs> dude, you want to hear a really funny story, too, that I've never publicly told anyone? So the day that I leave for Nepal, a friend of mine gives me this weed cookie. And he's like, yo, uh -huh. eat it before your flight, man. And I was like, okay, oh. yeah. So edibles, I don't really do because of this reason. Um, right. <laughs> so I wake, I wake up at 5 a.m. to catch this flight and I eat this whole cookie. And it was like, right after I got through security, I was like sitting at my gate, like, oh shit. Like, right, right. not a good, like, oh, groovy. Not, it was yeah, so yeah, yeah. high anxiety and the thought of like, I'm going to the other side of the planet right now. That's my, that's why oh, I did. I would have. Dude, oh, I would have freaked out. Dude, I almost did when we were first getting on the plane. I remember the lady came up to me, uh, one of the one of the airline attendants came up to me, and I don't remember what she said, but I remember I heard none of it, and I just must have given her the most like, but I was like shaking that whole flight of just like, oh my god, yeah. no turning back, like I'm on the plane, we're going. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna take my wife back so bad. Actually I kinda want her to go without me and then we can go together. Um Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So did how yeah. did I've always wondered this story because I met you and Emery in Hawaii years ago. Uh huh. At, at, at a at a uh, um, flow fest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy we've known each other that long. Yeah, flow fest. And I remember Emery, you got we were sitting at this picnic table and Emery just turned to me and goes, "So when did you go to Nepal?" And I was like, "What?" Uh-huh. And she goes, oh, I can smell it on you. When did you go? And I was like, last year, <laughs> you know? And that was, oh, like, that was yeah. like kind of how our dialogue started, was talking about Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, how did you guys meet each other? We met, um, we met in India, really, like the first time, because uh, we were in, in, my, in the process of going on these trips. You know, I was... Uh, we, we were raising money for, for the ashram there because our, our, our teacher takes care of all these young children, these young boys um, that are either orphaned or come from poor families and takes them in and teaches them kind of the ancient traditions, you know, that are being lost because of modern culture, you know, yoga and Vedic philosophy and chanting and, but, you know, also sends them to school and, their clothes and food and the whole thing. Like, but he's a monk, you know, so he doesn't have a job. He only, um, he only accepts uh, money through donation, you know? So it's hard for, you know, him, one guy taking care of 12 or 13, you know, crazy kids, you know, running around. But the first trip I went there, uh, I, I just fell in love with all the kids and I wanted to help in some way, you know? So, Anyway, we, we started at shows. We just put out like literally a cardboard box that just said like donations and we put it at our merch table and, uh, you know, for the kids. And uh, over the years, you know, a few bucks here, a few bucks there, you know, you got a few hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks goes a long way in India, you know. So um, especially for, for, for Guruji and, and the ashram, you know, it's this really poor ashram. So, um, so we would just send the money to him. You know, and over the years, you know, we would we we had raised enough money to build a girls' ashram across the river, and then we were taking care of you know about ten to twelve girls, and it was just this really beautiful experience. But anyway, the long story short is that Emery's family, um, I knew her family before her because her mom and sisters would come to some of the shows, um, and uh, I became close with her mom because she was really helping a lot with the um, the kids, you know. So we had a communication, right, because of that. Oh, here's where you send the money, blah, 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 blah. And then I was in India and, um, or no, it was before I went to India, sorry. Uh, she said, oh, my, my daughter's going to be in India in, in the winter because she's in school there. She's, she was in this global college where each semester was in a different country around the world. Yeah, and uh, that semester was in India. So she, um, I said, oh, well, here's my email, like have her email me and if she's, she should come to the ashram. But I didn't think in like a million years that she would come there because like number one, in is like massive i don't know what part of india she's going to be in and and secondly like the ashram is in like kind of like off the tourist you know western track it's like in a whole other city so i i just was trying to be polite to be honest you know and then uh yeah anyway then we we were there and and she emailed me and said i'm you know i'm in uh benares which is only like three hours from our ashram and 
I'd love to come see the, you know, the ashram and I have some gifts and donations. And so, um, anyway, she came to the ashram and, uh, that's where we first kind of met and connected. And, um, but we didn't have any like lovey dovey feelings, you know, there, you know, you're in the ashram and, yeah, yeah. but there, there was a real extreme, extreme sense of familiarity, just like of comfortableness. And I kind of showed her around the city and for a couple of days and then she left and went back to school. And then when we got back to uh, the States, we kind of connected again and, and I, you know, stalked her Facebook and the rest is history, you know, so that's, that's kind of how it all happened. But it's interesting because we both, um, we both were born in the same hospital, which is weird. Oh, uh, yeah. in Connecticut and like our, um, like our grandparents knew each other, which we didn't like know about. It was like kind of weird, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. But, um, it's been really amazing. Um, that was in 2000 let me think that was in 2012 and then we went back in 2013 together and i proposed at the ashram that's where so um it's just it's been an amazing it's been an amazing gift to have that place and that the spirit of that place kind of be like the foundation of our um relationship in a way of our meeting and stuff um it's been really beautiful but yeah it's, it's just what a journey yeah that's mad. yeah yeah, yeah. Eating groups over in nepal now right yeah i mean it was, it was you know as crazy as is she was she was supposed to be the right or no she was just getting back right and and then in, in december january you know we're hearing about this COVID 19 thing and emery you know and, and her partner krista were and I, we were all talking about, hey, do you think you should cancel this trip or not? You know, we were going back and forth and, you know, we were, so we, we were kind of dealing with, I guess, the anxiety of like COVID, like kind of before it hit like the US, you know? And never did I think when I was talking to her about canceling her trip that I was gonna cancel my tour, you know, in, in April, you know? Yeah. But anyway, we were, we were talking, you know, and, and um, she was like, yeah, you know, I think I have to cancel it just for the safety of, you know, the people that I'm bringing over there. And, um, and it was like a really tough decision though for, for her and for us and the whole thing. And, you know, two months later, it's like, I'm canceling, I'm postponing tours, everything shut down. And it was just, we were like, you made the right decision, yeah, you know, like, know, uh, there's a guy here. Uh, well, he lives in Bozeman but he comes to all the uh, shows whenever we play in Montana and tapes and shit. And he went on a trip with his gal over there and they mm. got stuck. Oh yeah, dude. I know. I got a friend in quarantine to the hotel. You know? Yeah, man. It's wild. Like imagine if she was over there with 12 or 13, you know, people that have never been to that side of the world. And then you yep. get, I mean, it would have been a nightmare, but yeah, absolutely. my home, my, my homie down in Peru, cause Peru closed its uh its borders and everything he's stuck down there he didn't get out you know so um and then I had a, a two friends that were in Peru as well and they they were bro they were literally on the last flight out of Peru last one man that was it so it's it was it's just interesting that um 
we were kind of thinking about all this before the, like I said, the anxiety kind of hit the U.S. I mean, I didn't think that it was going to. No, dude. I know. Mean, here's the thing, you know, I don't want to get super, you know, political because we can fucking ride right. for hours. But like we, <laughs> we played that Denver show and then went to Arizona Roots and then we played two shows at the Belly Up in Aspen with OAR. Uh-huh. And after the second show, um, you know, you had been hearing again, because if you have friends that right. track, we're, we're starting to hear about this. Right, thing. Right, and right. I get an alert on my phone when we're driving back to where we're staying that says, you know, oh, well, Trump made this public and, you know, his first public comment about COVID-19. So I'm right. like, okay, so I get back to the house and I pull up the thing and I listen to it, man. And like, although I'm not a fan of the dude and he's a completely full of shit dude i'm like if you're the president dude if there is an infectious disease you're talking to the guy that knows about infectious diseases if there is a bomb threat you're talking to the guy that knows about bomb threats you know yeah 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 so when he came out in february and was like it's not a big deal everyone's freaking out for no reason i was like well i mean that dude's normally full of shit but like he is the president you know he would know right right So it was just like I was so pissed where I was like, you know, and then when it came to light was like, dude, not only was that not the case, but people told you the fucking opposite of that, you know? (laughs) So dude, when it when it like when I think that was like the initial shock when like when I got all like because it snowed like two feet the day that my tours were pretty much became apparent that the tours were getting shut down. Right. My manager calls me, I'm driving up the mountain. We just got two feet of the softest snow ever. And I'm just like, right. yeah, I'm dude, going. I'm down to fucking go. I don't care. And he was like, well, you know, some of these shows we have like 245 sold and they said we can cap the show at 250. I was like, cool, dude. Maybe I'll just do them acoustic. Like I'm down. Right, to right, right. And I had like one of my best days skiing of my life. Uh-huh. And I actually had like a brief conference call while I was skiing powder. I stuffed my phone in my helmet and was just like cruising. <laughs> and just like, yep, I'm down to fucking go, man. Right. By the time I got to my truck to drive down, I looked at my phone and, and it was just messages, missed calls. And it was pretty, oh, yeah. like, we're shutting her down, buddy. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. wow. You know, and you know how it is because yeah. you have a bunch of other people that you employ. You're just like, oh, yeah, that- I have to call all my guys and be like, sorry, dude. Yeah, that was definitely the one of the hardest hard you know, hardest parts, you know, was just calling the whole crew and letting them know. But um they were luckily, you know, for me they were all like super understanding because there was nothing that we could do, you know. It's not like it's not like our fault, you know. This is like obviously a worldwide thing that's going on. But um yeah, it was super crazy when it, you know, it was like I said earlier, it was like I had a little bit of relief because I was just so wiped out. Yeah. But then I was like, yo, like, that's wild. That, yeah, no. that was happening, right? Like, that's wild, bro. You yeah. know, like, because first, like, first it was like, um, you know, first it was like, oh, New York has banned gatherings over a thousand people. Yep. Right. So I was like, oh, well, like, okay, that's interesting. I mean, maybe we'll like downsize the club. Yeah. Right. And then I kept telling him, the, the, actually, the, you know, the moment it got super real for us was like, I kept telling Emery, she was like, do you think your tour is going to get canceled? I was like, 
yeah, they're going to cancel like major sporting events before they cancel like little Trevor Hall tour over here, you know, like, cause there's like thousands of people in these stadiums, you yep. know? And then I woke up one morning and we're like huge hockey fans. Like we love yeah. watching hockey. We're big Colorado Avalanche fans. Like we had even gotten like tickets for the game, you know, like whatever. And, uh, we woke up and it was like NHL like postpones the season. And I was like, my court, my tour is definitely canceled. Yeah. Like that's what I knew. Like before I talked to my manager or anything, it was just like, that's it. I told you that was it. And sure enough, like that day, like my manager calls me, it's like, yo bro. And I'm like, I, I know. I know, like, it's all good, that's you know? Funny, that's funny how, how it, like, comes back to sports for a lot of people. I'm a huge UFC fan. Like, it's not yeah, only yeah. I follow, and I, I diligently follow it. And, and Dana White is a businessman, too. Yeah. When he started talking about canceling shit, I was like, all right, dude, if Dana is <laughs> yeah, yeah. money, we got problems, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%, right? And, uh, well, it's, you know, it's um, – I think it's going to be at least hopeful. Everyone that I'm communicating with is kind of having the same vibe of like, I'm really hoping that everyone comes back with this vitality of like, man, I've taken a lot for granted because it's really easy in the monotony, yeah. whatever it is we do to be like, oh shit, man, I wish I didn't have to do this. Right. And now everyone's dying. Like even people that don't like their job are like, man, I would just love to have something to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I so mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how we react as a community, you know, how absolutely. we react as when, when everything comes back, you know. But for me, I'm not trying to um, think like too far ahead, like we were talking about. I'm trying yeah. to take one thing at a time and I'm trying to, you know, treat every day as that day, you know, as that offering or whatever but um it, it it will be interesting to see how we respond you know as yeah a, as a i think the thing with with um with our industry that's so interesting is it's like you know even if it we're gonna have a recession that's just real that's just what's gonna happen you know it's already happening but Can i'm say that say that again i i, I it kind of broke up for a second for me sorry um that there's going to be a recession you know it's going to be weird right. um well there is a recession yeah you know? absolutely like it's wild yeah and the amount of people uh you know claiming unemployment right now is like i don't know if you yeah. saw this graph it shows like the past 30 years yeah and, and it like compresses the graph and it like you know the yeah. day shit really hit the fan it just like boom like bigger you know 100 times what we've ever seen yeah and I'm just hoping that people aren't, you know, I've been seeing this Fauci guy saying like, you know, handshakes might be a thing of the past. And I'm just, I just hope that that isn't the case. And that I hope yeah. to get back to large gatherings where everyone's hugging each other and dancing and sweating and, yeah, you know, doing the whole thing. It's just going to be a really interesting world. You know, the other thing is not that like, you know, I mean, humans, you know, matter a whole bunch, but it's been crazy seeing like the dolphins back in the fucking canals. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, see the Himalaya from Delhi right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, uh, I've been seeing on Dustin's stories. He lives up in the hills now, looking over uh, LA. You can yeah. see, you can see everything in LA right now. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. 
It's like Earth is to take a big old deep breath right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about that a great deal. I think that shows just like, you know, look, if we, you know, if in regards to the environment and everything that's going on with the Earth, like, we can make a change. Like, we can yeah. make a change. Like, the, if we stop, like, it, we can make it pretty quickly if we all just fucking stop you know yeah so that's kind of interesting one of the big things that i've kind of been meditating upon a lot um is death you know and i and, and i know that that um that's kind of a whatever dark subject for a majority of people but when we have something like this um you know we think about our lives we think about um what we've done you know all these things but the big thing for me is that you know when we are when we die there's we are all equal right Mm -hmm. um we don't take anything with us we all are thrown into the fire and we all come out the same you know as ash and i don't mean to get all like morbid and but this is what spiritually spiritually speaking this is this is this is uh, something that we think about as seekers, you know, and um, when we have something like this, or you know, whatever, we go and we live our lives, and as we're living our lives, we create differences between people, and we, you know, judge different things in our heads and our in our beings, and and uh, we create division, division, division. Everything's constantly being divided. And, separated in, into degrees and you know all these things um but i think one of the beautiful things about meditating upon uh death or uh it is is all those things are burnt away and, and we can mm-hmm. we can we can come into the real essence of um our existence you know and uh you know, like with this disease, you know, this, it doesn't matter if you are living in Bel Air with like, you know, a $20 million house, or you are living, you know, uh, in a camper van, and whatever, like, it, it affects everybody. It doesn't matter where you come from, if you're white, if you're black, if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian, you know, it doesn't matter. And um, in a sense, that has when I think about that, it's, it makes me think about the uh, equality of us as, as a, as a, uh, as a human family, you know? Um, And I hope that, I I really hope that people touch on that a little bit, you know, in their, in their beings, in their head. I hope they think about that um, because when we do, I think we create a, we create more of a connection, ironically, right? Yeah. You know, like, um, when, when we talk to people saying hello to people, can I do anything for you? You know, um, so that's just been like an interesting kind of meditation for me. I don't know how we got, but we were talking about, you know, what we've all been thinking about during this time. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting, man, because I think being, for us, you know, you and I, musicians, I think that's one of the reasons we love music, right? Is that music, it has it's has that mysterious power of going beyond all borders and lines and everything. And 
uh, in a way, this thing, this thing is doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. not, not in as much of a maybe joyful way, but <laughs> yeah, it okay. is bringing us, it is bringing us to a place of oneness. Um, yeah, I think, I think the general consciousness needs to be throttled and I don't want to sound insensitive, uh-huh. but I think the average person, myself included, you know, like activities that, you know, I very much struggle with mindfulness um, or not mm-hmm. mindfulness, but, but being present. Um, and I've always kind of required, I yeah. joke and call it consciousness at gunpoint. So whether it's like fighting, uh, rock climbing, ice right. climbing, these things where it's like, if you're right. present, there's going to be a severe and immediate consequence. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that a lot of the human populace can relate to that headiness of just constantly being in this monkey mind. Right. Sometimes it takes the e-break. Oh, be, yeah. Oh, shit. What does really matter? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Human life matters. Like, the planet yeah, yeah. surviving matters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I think if we all can approach this with some grace, the, the world might be better than it's ever been when we get done with it. Yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. Carl, Carl got it. My bass player, Carl, got it. Yeah, you know, I just, I saw his video on um, Facebook just like two days ago, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, a lot of people just, when you don't have it or know someone that has it, I think it's a really easy thing to downplay of like, well, I've seen the numbers and only this percentage of people are dying. And it's like, man, I was in communication with Carl through the whole thing. And he was scared to get this man because it was, you know, it was like, he was like, dude, I literally get up to go pee. And by the time I get to the bathroom, I feel like I just sprinted a hundred yards Right. So, you, you know, and when you're seeing all this stuff in the media about this deadly virus, he's sitting there like, am I fucking dying, dude? Like what? You know, yeah, 100%, 100%, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. it's like, I, I, I think, you know, I think that people need to take it serious and, and, you know, but we can also approach it in a way of like, with some grace that like, uh, that it's affecting everyone and whether it's, you know, like us just not being able to play a bunch of shows and doing what we do. Some people are actually getting sick and some people are dying and yeah, you know, it's uh yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a heavy thing, but I think it can be transmuted into a really beautiful thing. Um, right. right so you right. just transition, you just finished making a new record yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super oh, excited to hear it. Uh, what is like, uh, <laughs> Is it different than everything you've done? Like, because I know you were working with a completely different producer, but is it like, yeah, yeah. sounds different? Um, I am very, I, I, I am very, very proud of it. I'm very, very proud. I, um, which is big for me to say, you know, because yeah. sometimes, you know, we associate pride as a negative Not uh, me. quality, you know, but, um, you know, it, it was, I mean, I do think it's different. I think I, I've, I, I know I've grown like so much. Um, and, and partly because of, uh, working with, with the producer, Brad, Brad Cook, um, was, was really like a dream of mine. Um, and being around him and watching his approach to making songs and, recording and being creative and having no fucking rules and just the video like, that I saw, it looked very playful 
It looks very. It was just you, man. It's it's amazing that you said that because um, it's still it's still forming, right? We've recorded yeah. it, but it's still like I just got a mix last night, and we're still kind of adding stuff to you know. So, yeah. but you know, where whereas the fruitful darkness was. Um, it was a journey of like, you know, go really like, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's beautiful parts on, there's beautiful realizations, right? But a lot of those things came from kind of struggle and hard work. And of course, there's some of those songs will be on, on this album as well. But I feel like with this project and where I was creatively in, in my journey as an artist, I was much more playful and joyful and not really. It was almost more of like a celebration uh, rather than this kind of, I don't know, inter I don't know, journey. There's like, there's a lot more love songs. There's a lot yeah. more like just um, up songs, you know, like, like this and, and, and having fun and letting my hair down and like being in that joy, the joy of the spirit and celebrating that, you know, um, and Brad working with Brad, he really embodies that just as an artist like it's just like let's just go to the depths of our creative you know like who cares like yeah. just have fun you know and but at the same time he was so so um intentional too when when that time came he was so intentional to what the song needed and 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 even if it was he we would work for hours on like a minuscule part like a banjo part like trying to play it the right way you know but very minuscule change you know but that change at first i was like man god this is taking forever for like one part i'm not used to this right yeah. like but then like hearing how that part trans trans uh transformed the whole song was really magical for me. And I really, I learned so much from him and I learned so much from working with him and I admire him so in, in, intensely. And, um, and uh, I feel like he's family now, but that, that was, that was really um, amazing for me to work with somebody that I admired so much. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we worked really, really hard. I traveled all the way to, uh, North Carolina where he lives in Durham and uh, we worked out of his house and studio and I was there for three weeks and I mean it was like wake up go all yeah. day come home. I mean I didn't you know I wasn't thinking about anything else and and we we literally finished the last day at like 11 p.m at night like we finished um and I'm just yeah I'm just so so excited to hear hear the mixes you know because i don't even have you know and but also for people to hear them as well i i, I got introduced to so many different forms of creativity and so many different ways of approaching songs that um i'm just really really excited i, I you know so it's being mixed right now and and we'll be hopefully releasing songs as the years go on just singles here and there yeah. in 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 lead up to the release of the album i mean we're hoping that we can release it in the fall sometime yeah uh, like october or something like this but um yeah it's pretty cool like last night emery and i were blaring this mix on our speakers you know you're just yeah. being like 
that feeling, you know, when you're like, oh man, I made something new, you know? Yeah, it's dude, like, us, we just started, just started working on a new record. And yeah, yesterday I got most of my parts for now done. You know, I got like most yeah. of the guitar one and, and lead vocals laid down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have a few songs that are pretty much done. Um, we, I, oh yeah, I can't say yet, but we have a, a song that we have a feature on and then we have a song that you're featured on and we have like three songs on the records that are done. Yeah, yeah. But most of the yeah. vibe... I don't know when I had Nako on, we were talking about this of how like kind of cool and exciting it is watching everybody kind of grow up, you know, and their music yeah, is right. with them and like just the directions it's going. And like, you know, I put everything I had when we released culture, our last record, you know, I put everything into it and it was like really in response to the 2016 election and right. needed to like, I even remember telling my team, like, look, man, this record might not get a lot of streams, but I have to make it. So when my kid goes, Daddy, what were you doing when the shit was going down? I'm like, I dedicated a whole right, right. to it, you know, and like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In this new one, I've just kind of been like going back to the roots of like playing an acoustic guitar again and, and really just this like, listen, like. I've been listening to pretty much nothing but acoustic Grateful Dead and acoustic Rolling Stones and that like 70s rock acoustic vibes, Ooh. you know, yeah. and, and really settling into the like letting Montana really affect the sounds that I'm making in this very right, right. country-ish vibe. Ooh, I, I, love I know, dude, I'm really excited for everyone's music to be out and just be like, wow, this is where everyone's at now, you know? And like, Yeah, for sure. It's always... Are. Yeah, it's always beautiful as like friends and yeah. you know brothers and stuff. Like, we all know each other. Obviously, we all play. But you know, when we don't know what everybody's working on, just yeah. like everybody else, until it comes out, and it's really yeah. cool when it does. And you're like, "Yo, where you at?" You know, yeah. okay, that's where that's where you're at. You know, yeah. yeah. So um, it's really exciting. So many different people have have new projects coming out. So. Um, it's just a gift. It's a gift to be able to make an offering and um, an important time for it, man. And it's an important time for it. Yeah, for sure. So I have these, uh, I have one more question and then I have these standard questions that I ask everyone. So, yeah. I'm in. Okay. So one, what was your first impression the first time that you saw me play? Cause I remember when we first played with you in San Francisco, what, what was your first impression the first time you saw us play live? Was that a, was that a um, Slim's? No, Bimbos. Oh, is that Bimbos, man? It's one oh of my coolest venues ever. I love that. Yeah, you know, the first time I played there, the first time I played there, I was like, oh, God, I can't stand this place. I just didn't like the name, and I was like, I don't want to associate women with, like, a yeah. negative, you know, yeah. so... But That's then like, I, never, I, got I never caught the whole vibe of the place until you just said that. Now I'm kind of like, Ooh, I guess it was pretty weird. Yeah. Dude, yeah. But then like the next time we played there, I was like, Oh, I really like this room and I like the way it's kind of designed and cool. it's really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, when we hear music, you know, for, for me at least it's like either it's like right away. I'm either in or I'm out, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's an internal connection. It's an internal feeling. And um, sometimes you can't explain, and most of the time you can't explain it. That's why I love music is I don't want to explain it things anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, it can be a country song or it can be a 
fucking rap song or it can be a heavy metal song you, you just feel it you know yep um but um i didn't know that that was the first show but you know to be honest i that wasn't the first show i saw you the first time i saw you was at float fest oh yeah that was way back in the day that was, when was yeah so, their dude so i yeah i know so i can't even really count bimbos you know because it was at flow fest when i felt the the vibe first you know yeah and um you know, that was a really wild time, right? There was a lot of energy and the yeah. lava was flowing and uh, and it was like this crazy gathering, you know? Yeah. And so you had to really kind of cut through a lot of the noise, you know, to notice something, you know, or, or connect yeah. with something. And you guys really did that um, for me when we were there. I was like, oh, shit. Like that's a homie right there, you know, yeah. like, um, and it was just like, it was that for me. It was just like amidst all this, I think all that chaos kind of made it that much more special for me. Cause I was like, Oh man, this is wild here. I, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm like, in this vibe right now, you know, like, and then when we saw you play, I was like, okay, at least, at least somebody else is, yeah. you know, with me here, you know? So that was really the first time I saw you play. And yeah, it was only two you guys, but um, it was really, really special. Um, and um, yeah, again, it comes back to that feeling. It comes back to that feeling. What are you doing, buddy? I got my pup here. Um, oh, yeah, I'm but, kind of the same way when I hear shit. It's like, yeah, I know pretty, pretty quick if I'm in or out. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'll give stuff. I'll give stuff a second chance, but it has there has to be some time in between, you know. Like there's been a yeah that I didn't dig right away. Yeah, it's usually I feel like it's always my manager. You know, I'm lucky. My manager loves music. Like yeah, when you're at his house, he's never has anything on except live music playing on his TV going through his sound system. He's always listening that. to a live show. Me too, dude. Like he really gets he really gets the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, he's always the one that's kind of like, hey, man, are you into this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. And he's like, go listen to it again. And then I know, is it yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Dude, so uh, a couple things that you and I have in common that I think are, are pretty interesting is like, one, uh, you and I both don't really drink alcohol, um, right. which is rare in the industry. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's always been, and I felt that same vibe at Flow Fest was that place was just like, eh, eh, eh. and it was like, yeah, like you, and, you and Emery were the only people there that were like, you know, very like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, the rest of it felt really chaotic. But also, you yeah. and I both fucking love punk rock music. Thank you, Ja. Yeah, dude. I didn't like, Thank I didn't you. know that you yeah. were punk rock until last summer, and I was like, really like yeah uh, yeah dude because i still <laughs> yeah i mean i mean punk rock was like you know when i was young it was that that um community that i craved you know it was that yeah. community and that sound that that really like pushed all the borders you know just energy and um and energy and just shocked it just shocked me awake you know and i needed yeah. something like that and to this day, you know, there's still my favorite, you know, if you went through like 
my favorite albums of all time. Oh, you know, there's going to be two or three punk rock albums in there just because they represented that space for me. And that's what I was talking about, you know, when I was talking about hearing you for the first time too, it's like, it, it's, it doesn't matter what it is. It's a feeling, it's a connection, yeah. you know? And so even today I still am in that connection with, with um, those albums, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was funny cause I remember when you realized that, cause last summer I, I'm this, you know, one of my favorite albums of all time was Refuse. Yep. The shape of punk to come yeah and you know they broke up for almost 20 years yeah um, and then they came through colorado and i like had a freaking fangirl moment dude, i got watching your story i was just like i wish i was I, there dude i was literally i was i was freaking out when i went there and it was one of the best shows i've ever seen in my life and i was so moved like spiritually internally moved from this punk rock show yep. it inspired me so deeply and so oh my god it was just one of the best nights of my life and i took a friend of mine who was also into the band and it was amazing to see them but i don't uh yeah i don't i don't when i was really in that chapter of my life i'm like very thankful for it you know i'm really i don't look down on it at all or i don't you know like regret it at all i mean i i loved that period of my life it taught me so much and when i hear those albums today it continues to yeah it continues to inspire me so deeply yeah it's really hey, funny you're my just son. giving my hand off what are you doing sorry my dog is just puppy's like chewing my hand come on bro i'm on a yeah, podcast yeah we just discovered we just discovered that malachi my two-year-old man he loves uh operation ivy and it's oh, so yeah dude and anytime it comes on he just immediately starts yeah rocking. yeah yeah just he loves it dude he loves that like super oh, man what a great band. guitar yeah all right yeah. so here are these standard questions and i'll let you go and Hit me, bro. That, that was a perfect segue into it really okay what was the first record or song that made you cry uh uh um the will to live by ben harper Ooh, great answer yeah. Mine was yeah. the, the Pretender Ooh. by Jackson Brown. I was like six too. I didn't even know what he was saying. I was just something about the song. Just <laughs> you like, felt it, bro. Yeah, you felt dude, it. Totally. Um, and then what was the first uh, record or song that made you know you wanted to do music? Uh, I mean, it was honestly the album that that song was on, The Will to Live. I mean, I was doing music before, you know, don't get me wrong, but it was that album, undeniably that album where I was like, this is this is it yeah like this this is the moment for sure yeah that's yeah. Awesome. uh what's your favorite hip-hop album of all time uh it would either be the fuji's the score or um outcast like at aliens either either i was gonna say either a clemini or at aliens well played it might be yeah. a clemini though it might be a clemini. yeah that was those guys, that's some underrated shit, man. People don't know, like, because they have those. Oh, dude, that, that's, that's the, hits, but people don't even know, man. Oh, bro. That, I mean, they, Andre was my, like, idol all through high school and stuff, you know. Dude, so Common was really who made me fall in love with hip-hop music. And, like, I, yeah, the way people talk about uh, the late 60s and early 70s for rock and roll, like, that right. era, in my mind is in the late 90s with that whole Soulquarians crew. Like, to be a fly right. on the wall 
of Common, Andre, Erica Badu, Questlove. Oh, man. Hello, all these guys just hanging out at Electric Ladyland together and yeah. like, arguing over who gets to keep what, you know? For yeah, what a time, oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's magic. What is your – give me give me three favorite punk rock albums. Uh, number one, for sure, is The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused. Um, God, number two um, – it's weird because I went through like the phase of like the emo phase too of like Jimmy Eat World and like yeah. the, some Dude, of I've those been out- back to that recently that kind of genre and like oh my god great so- production man Dude, they're so so good but like um, yeah especially at that time too right like Super they much. were they were very much ahead of the game um, but yeah refused um, I'm just. I need to like look up this album because I haven't heard it in such a long time. Oh yeah. Clarity by Jimmy Eat World. That album was amazing. 1999. And, um, I'd have to go with like, it's weird. Cause I really love like the deaf tones and stuff sure. too, you know? Yeah. So white pony, white pony, I'll say the deaf tones, white pony album, even though it's like maybe not technically like punk rock. It's like still, coming from that neighborhood yeah it's coming that from that neighborhood yeah me for my dude i was a huge bad religion fan yeah i mean less than jake i mean some of the scott like area oh man dude that's kind of how me and my drummer ben you know ben teeters yeah for sure kind of how him and i that's kind of how i fell in love with him was like watching him play all this amazing stuff and then we got on the subject subject of like real deal old school ska and i was just yeah. like oh cool so we're best friends now <laughs> great yeah yeah right right <laughs> um what are three records that you're listening to right now that you really love oh man um number one is this band called bonnie light horseman and they came out with an album called bonnie light horseman and uh, it's just blowing my mind it's members of like the national the shins um it's it's and another band I'm just forgetting at this moment, but yeah, that's that's definitely an album I'm into right now. Um, I've been listening to Sylvanesso a lot, um, which I've been re- really into, and got another album. Hey, don't it's chew Mama's hard drive. You listen to a lot of stuff that I've never heard of. That's great. I love that. Yeah, Bonnie Light Horseman's definitely in heavy rotation in the house right now. Sylvanesso and uh, gosh, what is another one I've been listening to right now? Give me a I mean, um, I would say Akebeka, Homage to the Land. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you and I are also, that's my favorite. Oh. reggae of all time too good it's just too good i mean it's like it's like 80 percent of what i listened to yeah dude i remember uh one of the first times that i saw you play you went into in him and him and him oh yeah and him, like, yeah i grabbed like the two people next to me like yes yeah. yeah i did yeah like nobody knew who it was when i went into it but i was just like i don't care like i need to pay tribute to this yeah you know band that is just changed my whole game 
was like uh oh, what is their album something strong oh, only this what is yeah yeah they have, they have you know they have i don't know 77 albums yeah you know? and it's what's crazy too is that it's like um i feel like that stuff is literally like the perfect it's where like hindu chanting meets rastafarianism yeah well you know but it's 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 that it's 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 a trance you yeah. know it's a trance he's you know when they're playing yeah these songs are maybe two chords right but who can who can lock in like that in a trance like that it's really magical it's a it's such a hypnotic meditative journey and you know for them they're just channeling their just their faith but their visions their mystical whatever experiences but he's it's just such a um transful music where you're just lost and that's what i love about it is i'm just i just when you're locked in you're locked in and you are on that train you know yep yep yeah yep. well dude that was awesome um and are those all the questions that was it dude those were fun questions <laughs> yeah, dude, and, they're, and they're ones that i'm gonna ask everyone too like every episode of the podcast is that's like, cool that's cool that's cool so we can end it on a musical note Ooh, that was a double i one. love that i love that man well dude thank you so, so much for uh for taking time um, yeah man it was just good to connect and good to see your face and um hope you stay healthy and and use your time wisely likewise and uh hopefully see you in europe in uh in august fingers crossed yeah for anyone listening trev and i are supposed to go to europe to yeah. in august so we have fingers crossed that that is real fingers crossed baby fingers but, crossed. yeah i love you man give give all my love to, uh, to em and the dog and uh and let's keep in for touch. sure man my love goes yeah my love goes back to you and the fam and um yeah stay safe and we'll see you soon hopefully have you been listening to tyler childers uh i only know that one song I, you know the one song the cocaine song we've oh been yeah singing. i'm gonna i'm gonna send you some, i'm gonna that's a dope song but i'm gonna send yeah. you other non-cocaine related tyler childers songs yeah send me send me non-cocaine related songs okay got it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love you bro and i'll talk to you soon all right boss have a all good right, one peace all right, everybody. I hope you enjoy episode two of the Satsung podcast. Make sure you keep tuning in. I have some amazing guests coming up from uh, other musicians that you probably know and love, Hall of Fame UFC fighters, health and wellness professionals, mental health professionals. Uh, we have so, so, so much to bring you. And uh, yeah, we hope you keep tuning in. This has been a really fun thing to do during this time. And uh, yeah. I can't wait to bring you more. On the news side of things, we have rescheduled almost every single tour date that was postponed or moved because of COVID. And we are going to announce those dates super, super soon. We've kind of got to the place where some of the clubs aren't quite ready to announce. So what we're going to do is we're going to announce everyone that is ready to announce. And we'll just blur out the other three or four dates just so you can see where we're coming. Get your tickets and rest assured that if you bought tickets to a previous show, that those tickets will still be good at the rescheduled date. Anyway, I love y'all. Take care of each other. Drink water. And we'll talk soon. Peace. <laughs>